forever. Dog. Welcome to another episode of Best Show Bests, the greatest hits of the best show, with me, your host, Tom Sharpling. If you like what you hear, make sure you join us every Tuesday night on Twitch at 6 p.m. Pacific for a brand new episode of the best show featuring callers, celebrity guests, live music, and plenty of surprises. Enjoy! Hello, Best Show. Yeah, is this Tim Scrapler? Tom Sharpling? Tim Scorpler, is that what you said? That's that's what I thought your name was, yes. Yeah, well, my name's Tom Sharpling. Uh, I, why why are you uh, calling? You, you, sound, you do not sound happy. No, I'm not happy. I have a major bone to pick with you, friend. You were very mean to my son on Saturday, and I am just livid about it. I, I, I got to say, I have no idea what you're talking about. I just, um, you said on Saturday? Yes. I have no idea. I don't, where, where could this have even happened? I don't know. Oh, like you don't know. I guess for you, what happens at the video cavern stays at the video cavern, huh? Oh my God, the video cavern. Yeah, yeah. It did go by and... Wait, the only person I can think that I might have had anything that would constitute a uh, interaction with was was at Video Cavern was this kind of um there was like an odd kind of guy who got a little upset with his uh score on uh Butterturn Jr. That was my son Tad, you nitwit. He came home in tears. He said you were staring at him dismissively while he churned away at the machine, and it caused him to turn on a flagrantly low score. Mm-hmm. He was crying. Okay. Well, I mean, I, I was not trying to upset him. I mean, I, I was, I, th- I think your son, what was his name, Tad? Yes. I think Tad probably misinterpreted my curiosity for being dismissive or whatever, because... I mean, look, I've been going to Video Cavern for years. It's a great arcade. And I've actually, honestly, never even seen anybody actually play the Butter Churn Jr. machine. I mean, we all generally use that game as like a coat rack or, you know, a beverage holder. Um, I think even there was a point where my friend Bryce... uh was actually living inside the butter churn junior machine for months. Actually. It's a, it's a very weird game also, which is probably why it doesn't get a lot of play. Huh? You know, I, I don't know anything about video games now. (laughs) Now pinball, that's my scene. I bet I still hold the high school records for, uh, let's see. Um, all-star baseball. What else? Uh, creature from the black lagoon. And burlesque beauties at Grampy's Soda Shop in Lower Newbridge Heights. <laughs> I should say that that last machine was located in Grampy's back office, and uh, it was from uh, it was from Bally's Erotique line. And the machine this is so cool. It let out a series of semi-pornographic moans when you lit up one of the ladies' undergarments. Super cool. Yeah, sounds that sounds super cool. 
That is. Hey, so what's so weird about Butterturn Jr.? Um, it's just a strange game. It has a mounted uh, pole, like a like a weirdly large pole that kind of comes out of the face of the unit. And the goal of the game is to churn as much butter as you can. You got to churn enough butter so that Farmer Ray doesn't throw you into a thresher. And you're filling these vats with butter. And you're working this, like, again, what's that? The butter in the machine? Is it in the machine? No, it's a a game. Okay, okay, all right. Yeah, it's it's a game. It's not a literal butter churner. It's a... Um, so, you know, it's like you're working this pole and you actually have to like simulate churning butter and it's very taxing and it's not fun either. Um, it's really just like a kind of a drag of a game and it makes weird farm sounds and you're trying to get cows to give up milk that you can turn into butter. Oh my God. And I mean, there's like. Farm sounds, and and one of the things I noticed was I think the goats are braying or like like they're doing the to the tune of "If I Had a Million Dollars" by Bare Naked Ladies. That's really weird. I, I've never heard of them. Who are they? Who Bare Naked Ladies? Yeah, sounds like something I would like. Is it, it's is it a group of of gals? It's not. A, no, it's a, a group of 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 fellas. And they're they're doing their songs uh, one week, and if I had a million dollars, and pinch me, a lot of good stuff waiting for you. I envy you. You ever hear when people say like, "Oh, I envy you." You're going to get to hear this for the first time. Yeah. Can you yeah. name more of their songs? Because I like what you've said so far. I think that might have been it. That we might have hit the ceiling on that one. That's it. I understand. Yeah. Well, look. Uh, Apparently, this game, it, it speaks to a very specific, very fragile kind of person. And look, my my son, Tad, has had some very bad breaks in his life. And he says that the churning motion and the farm sounds are, are like a soothing balm to him. And like I said, I, I don't really know about video games. What are, what are some of your favorite video games? Some of my favorite video games? Oh, my goodness. I yeah. mean, that's a you have all you have a few hours. <laughs> I might, yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, well, I mean, I didn't mean it literally. I mean, it's like, just off the top of my head, I mean, Landslide, Quick Jump, It's a Snake, Drunk and Disorderly, Krogar's Revenge, uh, I love Baby Wrangler is fun, Bird versus Gorilla is a good game, Grocery Bagger, Fire Station Z, Ms. Grocery Bagger, Landslide 2, The Wrath of Glorp, Harvey's Got a Problem, Egg Hunter is fun, uh, Zombie Cop, there's Daddy's Belt, uh, Ride the Tiger, which is the Yola Tango uh, arcade game. It was not very popular, but it's very, uh, it's a fun game. Guild Screener, Shooter, uh, Sandwich Board Writer, Qbert Jr., Qbert III, Qbert versus Donkey Kong, Ms. Sandwich Board Writer is a good one. Uh, the Nursing Home is on Fire, I like. Uh, Death Punch, Seinfeld the Game, The Game, The Game which is based on the David Fincher movie and dance, dance, military coup is fun. Eno Hunter, which was the Brian Eno uh, arcade game. And 
Oh, what's it? I, I like Doug versus Doug. Like those are just off the top of my head. Some of the games I love. Oh my goodness. It's, it's a whole new world. Um, can any of those play on my Betamax machine? No, those are all, those are all games. Just, they're not, they're not, they're not movies that you watch on a Betamax. Not even the one, what'd you say it was called? Miss shopping bag person. What was it called? Oh, Ms. Grocery Bagger. That sounds like my kind of game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you seem to... I was picking up on some patterns from you. Yeah, I got all kinds of stuff going on, just like Tad. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Well, we all do. We all do. I mean... So Tad is... How, Tad, you said he has, like, issues? Like, how did you say it? He... Well, he's, he, he's had some trauma in his okay. life. Okay. Like, what, what, uh, can I ask what kind of trauma he's had? You know, cause, uh, if we're going to have like conversations on the show, I just don't want, I want, I, I like if we can, if we can go deep. We like to go deep here on the show. Oh, I bet you do. No, not like that's, you made it sound dirty. I mean, in terms of like, just in terms of like emotionally and yeah. Okay. I, I got it. All right. Well, look, Tad had a, had a very promising baseball career in front of him. He was, he was a gold glove second baseman for the East Westbridge silver cudgels. Uh, he led the league in batting his senior year. He was ultimately drafted by the Newbridge Ratmen, And he, he was really set to excel for the Ratmen, And, uh, the team had really high hopes for him that in within like two seasons, he'd be their team captain. So it's his very first time at the plate. Mm-hmm. First game of the season. The weirdest thing happened. What's that? All right. I'll lay it out for you. All right. So he's, he's in the batter's box. Longtime Ratman announcer, Hogue Whitmark, Bellows leading off rookie Ratman second baseman Tad Throckmorton. He also played second base too. Well, there must have been 20,000 people in the stadium that day. And somehow they all started to clap and continued to clap at the exact same time for a solid 15 seconds. It, it was the weirdest sound you, you've ever heard. It, it was like the world's loudest grandfather clock just ticking away. You know the beginning of John Fogarty's best song, Center Field, how it has that clapping thing? I, I know that. I wouldn't say it was John Fogarty's best song, but... No, oh, I think no. it is. Okay. Well, like, it's not... Here, for your, for your listeners, I, I have it as my ringtone for when my lover Sheila calls. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. 
So it sounded just like that, but it was a constant pulse, like a click track from hell, just. And after a few more seconds, people in the in the stands were getting really scared, and it was super eerie. But everyone kept clapping because they didn't know what was going on. They'd never heard of it happening before or since. And it freaked everybody in the whole stadium out, especially Ratman team captain Gus Brennan. He'd just seen Exorcist 3 on cable, and he thought Tad had unleashed some sort of bad mojo into the stadium. It was really crazy. And so... The rat men cruelly cut Tad loose as he was walking back to the dugout, and they even stripped him of his uniform as he walked. And by the time he was back to the dugout, he was naked. Oh, my God. Well, that's terrible. It, it was awful. They even repossessed his athletic supporter. And after that, because he had that, that mojo stank on him, no team would sign him. Oh, so, oh man, well, that is, that's... That's rough. It was real rough. And so he was very distraught for several years until he was hired by WNBG as their new sportscaster. Okay. It was such a joyous time in the Throckmorton house because Tad really deserved that job. Mm-hmm. Okay. He went to broadcasting school and he finished at the top of his class and WMBG put together this great pre-produced intro for Tad, and we all gathered on the family sofa waiting for Tad to begin his new career as a TV sportscaster. And when the director gave him the three, two, one, go, Tad let out the loudest, longest belch anyone had ever heard. I'm not over-exaggerating. It went on for 55 seconds. Oh, my God. It was crazy. And I I was very angry at the guys in the sound booth because they didn't cut to a commercial at the beginning of the belch. But I guess they thought they had something special there. And it turns out they were right. The tape of the belch was sent to Guinness Book, and they confirmed it was the longest, loudest, uninterrupted human belch ever recorded eight seconds shorter than the non-human record holder mogo a hippo at the philadelphia zoo wow mo so so your 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 boy tad beat out uh, a hippo mogo mogo he beat out mogo yeah yeah so that was terrible but if nothing else, Tad has a lifetime supply of Guinness and a box full of marriage proposal from a bevy of female burp groupies. And he also appeared in some of the, uh, actually just one of those Belchmasters DVD compilations. But, you know, he couldn't get any other Belch-related gigs because in that world, it's all about who you know. Okay, well, I mean, I'm not, I, I just, um, I'm not sure about that I didn't know there was such a huge demand for belch belch related uh, performance in in show business. I did not know that was uh, uh, that there was a demand for that. Well, that's the thing. There isn't much of a demand for it. So you know, th- there are very few opportunities, and there's actually only two two agents who handle this thing. There's there's a guy at uh, 
some guy at CAA and there's this other guy named Jim Eric. Uh-huh. Yeah, so, so those, so yeah, those are the only one, the only uh, active agents handling Belch uh, related performers. That's, that's, yeah, that's what, uh, that's what Tad uh, tells me. So, uh, so listen, so he's very upset. And if you'll just send him a note of apology and a $125 gift card to somewhere nice, not, not Bed Bath and Beyond or Fudruckers, it, it'll, it'll go a long way to making everything right. Okay. I'm definitely not doing that. What? You you know you heard me. I'm not sending your son a hundred to I'm not I'm not apologizing to your son. I didn't do anything wrong other than watch him play an unpopular video game at the arcade. And I'm definitely not sending him a hundred twenty-five dollar gift card. You certainly are. I am absolutely not. You're gonna do it. I'm not doing it. You're going to pay the price if you don't. I'll, but then I guess I'm going to pay the price. I'm oh, not doing it. Nougat. What? Did he hang up? He hung up. Unbelievable. How about that? Well, I guess that was it. I don't even remember what that guy's name was. Sure. Can't remember. Did he say his name? I can't remember. <sighs> Pat, any calls? Still full. Yes. Yeah, give me give me uh, five again. If we're all full. Besho, hi. Well, we still we're, uh, we have one through four right now. Okay. Well, right. Actually, wait, no. Now now we do have five. Okay, good. All right, give me five. Besho, hi. Yes, hi, is this me? Yeah, it's you. You're on the air. Did you just yell at my dad? If it, Well, if you're talking about, was his name Sherm? Was that it? Yes, yes. Yeah, who wanted me to give you uh, your dad. So you're the one he wanted me to give an apology and a gift card for 125 bucks. Yeah, then if that was your dad, then yes, I did. I yelled at your dad. Is this Tad? Yes, it is. And I'll tell you one thing. You can't speak to my dad like that, you mutant. Oh, okay. My, my dad has gone through a lot in his life, and he, he's very protective of the favorite of his 14 sons. <laughs> 14? Okay, okay. Tell me more. Tell me more, Tad. Well, look. Sherm, Sherm is very shy about sexual matters, and he, he can't bring himself to ask a pharmacist for condoms or, or, or a doctor for a vasectomy. As a matter of fact, I, I once saw him run from the living room screaming when Dick Van Patten got his tubes tied on that final episode of Eight is Enough. Oh, my God. Do you remember that? They showed 80% of the procedure. I don't, I don't remember that. I don't like this line of discussion at all. It only, um, it only aired once. It only aired once. A lot of shows have only aired once. It's very interesting. Uh, the, some of the most interesting shows air air the least. But, I mean, that's we're not here to talk about eight is enough uh, tonight. Um, look, this is, a, this is a troubling subject we're talking about. But I got to say, 
I'm a little curious about your dad's past. Okay, well, Sherm was a television writer back in the seventies. He okay. wrote for uh, he wrote for Hawaii Five O, um, Ironsides, and eventually the Waltons for many years until he was unceremoniously, some would argue, ceremoniously fired. Okay, why was he fired? Well, see, there was a little known thing that almost all TV writers did back then, you know, to to blow off steam. They, they'd write a really dirty version of the episode they were working on, you know, just to share amongst themselves in the writer's room. And I'll tell you, I found a couple of my dad's dirty Ironside scripts, and frankly, they're, they're too filthy to quote in a public forum. Okay, all right. Ironsides, the, the I, William Conrad show. Yes, yeah. So... Anyway, Sherm mistakenly turned in a dirty Walton script instead of the real one. Oh, my God. Ralph Waite and Richard Thomas were livid. They put all the writers on probation, and my dad was fired. Okay. He, he couldn't get a job in Hollywood after that. But, you know, I, I should make note that Ellen Corby, who played Grandma Walton, she loved the dirty script. And she would actually hold table reads with Paul Lind, uh, Joanne Worley, and Harvey Corman in her parlor. Where they would read your dad's dirty Walton script. Yes. Oh, well, that's... Oh, that's that sense of humor. Yeah, yeah. That's that's well. I'm, I'm. I mean, I guess it's a it's a it's a bad situation though. They accidentally handed in like a, a filthy script like that. Yeah, but that that was the end of his writing career, and and he suffered through a series of degrading jobs after that. Um, what did he do? He he cleaned barnacles off the CD submarine at night. That record store. Mm-hmm, um, yeah. He ate, he, he ate bugs, dirt, and other weird foods at children's birthday parties. Um, what else? Uh, he sold door-to-door subscriptions to the magazine. That wow. very disturbing publication that caused 431 citizens to lose their minds and jump into the Newbridge volcano. Do you remember that? That magazine is, that is a scary proposition. People would look at it and lose their minds. I think some of these people lost their minds just hearing about it. Oh, that's, I don't want to even hear about it then. I've, I've heard enough about it. I feel like I'm playing with fire. I think I've said enough about it. So he sold subscriptions to the magazine door to door though. Yes. Yeah. He, he, he didn't do well. So in the nineties, he did get a, a, a consistent job he was a guard at Newbridge State Penitentiary for the flagrantly and unapologetically criminal. Do you remember that? When the inmates revolted and they held these three guards hostage? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, now that was a that was a bizarre situation. Well, my dad Sherm was one of those hostages. Okay. Really? And so in that situation, your dad was involved in that nightmare. Yes, yes. And it was it was very tough for him because of, of the of the hostages they took, he was treated by the worst by far. 
Really? Yeah. Why, why, why do you think your dad was treated so so poorly? Because he treated the prisoners the the worst during his daily his daily uh, operations. Okay. Oh, so so this is like a little bit of a comeuppance for your dad. Hey, look, I I didn't go to Harvard like you, so please use words us time clock punchers can understand. Okay. Uh, I didn't go to Harvard, Tad. Didn't I went to a community college? Are you kidding? Uh, I can I can hear the paddle in your hands right now for the 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 young pledges. I didn't. You're you're mishearing that then. Didn't go. Okay, okay. Well, look, my dad never physically abused the prisoners. His crimes were purely mental. His crimes were mental. How so? Yes. Well, like eating a turkey dinner and moaning about how good it is in the chow hall while the prisoners only got bologna sandwiches, um, taking away inmates' radios and then telling them that the Loch Ness Monster was on the loose and headed for the prison, and then making loud monster sounds over the PA at 3 a.m., that sort of stuff. So people were worried that the Loch Ness Monster was going to attack the prison? Yes, yes. That's uh, well, okay. Well, that's that's not that's not cool. It's weird, but it's also not cool. I know, right? Kind of like Frank Zappa. Yeah, weird, but not cool. Yeah. So look, when the riot happened, the inmates got their revenge. See, he, here's what they did. They all knew that 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 Sherm was in love with Carol Deville, the six o'clock news anchor at WNBG. He okay. always talked about her, and he'd say how it was only a matter of time before the two of them got busy in the sheets. That was his, his exact phrase that he would use. Okay. Yeah. That's, well, that's a way. That's a, a, your, your he's got some issues, your dad. He's got a lot of issues, yeah, yeah. But I love him. I love Sure. Of course. So, he, he, Check it out. The, the inmates had a video camera smuggled in, and they would make my dad do very embarrassing things on camera. And they smuggled the tapes of him doing these embarrassing things out to WBNG, where they would be incorporated into that night's news story about the crisis at the prison. They would incorporate that footage. Yes, yes. They put Sherman in a diaper and they they dribbled stains on the diaper, and they'd have him read self-deprecating things off a cue card in weird voices. And Tom, he he was terrible at math, so they'd video him having a math contest with one of the dumber inmates. The other inmate's name was literally Jethro, and he was such a rube that the warden let him alter his striped prison uniform into overalls. Okay. Yeah. And so all the while he, my dad has to do this stuff on camera, he's doing these bodybuilding poses to kind of offset the humiliation and also to kind of impress Carol also. Carol? Yeah, Carol DeVille. Who? Carol DeVille, the six o'clock news anchor. Oh, of course. I'm so sorry. I'm bl- I'm blank. I got so caught up in the Jethro thing 
that I just, I, you, you, look, there's a lot to digest here, Ted. It's like Citizen Kane. It's like Citizen Kane or, 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 or Platoon. It really is. You're, you're, you've got, it's, it's quite a life for both of you. Very rich. It's a rich story. It is a rich story. You and your pop have done a lot. It's true. It's true. You know, so, but, you know, incredibly, after the hostage crisis ended, my dad and Carol did actually go on a few dates. Okay. Well, that's interesting. So, so Carol, the, your, your dad, who was laying it on thick about Carol DeVille, eventually went on some dates with her? Yeah, she was able to overlook the uh, the um, stained diapers and, and all that stuff. But, you know, it had a sad, a sad ending because she was ultimately wooed by and subsequently married my mortal enemy, Newbridge Ratman Gus Brennan. Oh, yeah. Okay. If and were... I'm sure you remember, the, their turbulent marriage ended when both Gus and Carol were found to be cheating on each other with the same member of Behind the Mask era Fleetwood Mac. Who was? Well, I, I, I'm not, not going to say, but his initials are Rick Vito. Well, those aren't initials. Looks like Rick got his come up. Okay, all right. Come up pants. Come up pants. Stop it! No, that's uh, yeah. Well, I'm. I'm okay. Ted. What? I, I was asking you not to just be gross on the thing, and now you're giving me some attitude. I'm not being gross. I was telling you a rich t- tapestry of a story. And look, I got to go. My, my pancakes are really bubbling. That oh, wasn't a sexual statement. I, I like to eat breakfast foods after it gets dark. You're making pancakes? Yes. Okay. Well, then go fix your pancakes. I will. And I look forward to your written apology and the gift card, you mutant. Okay. Well, don't hold your breath. You there, Ted? Hmm, okay. Well, got yelled at by uh, two generations of Throckmorton. How about that? Giving me the business. Can't win. Sometimes you can't win. Any calls? Yes. Here's another call. Okay. Best show. Hi. Yeah, Sam again. Did my son Tad call you after I reamed you out big time? Yeah, yeah. You're. I just talked to your son. Oh, I don't know who I'm more angry at. You or Tad? He knows he's not supposed to use the phone after 9 p.m. He's not supposed to use the phone after 9 p.m. Sherm, how old is Tad? I mean, because like uh, ju- judging on what I saw when I was at the arcade over at uh, Video Cavern. He looked like he was in his 45. Uh, He wishes he's 48. Well, you know, I got to just say, I I don't understand why Ted does whatever you say 
the way he does. Look, Tad will defer to anyone he thinks is in a position of power. Like if, I don't know, the 22-year-old the dirtbag road construction worker holding the slow and stop sign demanded Tad give him his wallet. Tad would do it because this guy has power that Tad doesn't have. And listen, I, I once saw Tad give up a taxi cab to this total creep because he looked like the police sketch of Richard Ramirez, the Night Stalker. Okay. So he's he's a kind of a pushover. Hey, give me the phone! I will not be characterized like this. So what if I have blue check blindness and I assume anyone would choose is a fucking god? Listen, you little turd. As John Lennon sang on Imagine, the only god in your life should be your dear papa. Oh, this is this is very odd. Can I this is so I got, you know, can I just cut through all this and ask you a question? Sure. You guys, I got, what's that? Yeah, yeah, ask away. Okay. So we got Sherm and we got Tad. Are you two the same person? Define the same. The same? Define the same are both of the voices that I'm hearing coming out of the same mouth. I I don't like this at all. I don't like this is just a this is just a waste of my time then uh you know was any anything that uh, that either of you said during our conversation even a little bit true no so why why are you doing this He's gone. Well, that is just, I don't even know which way is up on that. Ah, oh, Pat, dear, sweet Pat, what am I doing here? You'll be all right. Thank you. Thank you. The best show is produced in partnership with the forever dog podcast network. The show is hosted by Tom Sharpling and features John Worcester, Michael Lisk, Jason Gore, and Pat Byrne. The show is produced and written by Jason Gore, Pat Byrne, Michael Lisk, Brett Davis, John Worcester, and Tom Sharpling. The best show is executive produced by Tom Sharpling, Brett Boehm, Joe Cilio, and Alex Ramsey. Co-executive produced by Jason Gore and Pat Byrne, segment producer Michael Lisk. The show is engineered and mastered by Andrew Gleason and Wesley Knapp. Graphic design, video editing, and social media by Brett Davis. Website and technical support by Martine Sellis. And the show is recorded at Forever Dog Studios in Los Angeles. Support The Best Show on Patreon over at patreon.com slash thebestshow. And follow us on YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at Best Show for Life. That's Best Show number four, Life. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week.